Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you ever heard of the in-brain theory? If you were to look down upon us from a fourth dimensional perspective, you would see that uh, mm, we look like a donut. What the hell are you talking about? I'm talking about True Detective. All right, all right, all right. From the dusty Welcome to Geek History Lesson, where we are talking True Detective Season 1. I'm Ashley Victoria Robinson. And I'm Detective Rustin Spencer Rusco. Is that what it says on your badge? Yeah, it does. We got a job that has been undone. And we need to do this podcast, Marty, to make sure that this case gets solved. I want to be Marty. <laughs> Of all potential characters. <laughs> Actually, I'm Jason Edmund. Hello. As you can tell, this is all about the True Detective Season 1. And if you can't tell, I am a huge fan of this season, the first season. The season wrapped about a couple weeks back. Mm-hmm. And we thought, you know what? Spoiler territory has come off. We can now talk about spoilers. It has come and gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we were both big fans of the first season. Yeah. But we thought we'd do a little bit of a different episode of a Geek History Lesson. Instead of like going into the history of True Detective, well, we're going to give you a little touch on that. But we're going to give you some Easter eggs from season one. We're going to give you who we thought were the best characters, the best scene, the best episode, and just general discussion about True Detective season one because we were such big fans. So, fair warning, right here and now, if you have not watched True Detective Season 1, what do you think they should do, Ashley? I think that they should listen to this entire podcast and then make an informed decision about whether they want to see it or not. No, pause right now and come back after you've seen it. It is an amazing show. It is a detective story, if that's not incredibly obvious. And it would be really, really tragic if we spoiled some of the incredible plot points for you. Yeah. It would be things... That could not be undone. Listeners, I wish you could see Jason right now because he's doing Matthew McConaughey's mannerisms as well. And it's awesome. Hopefully the hopefully the listeners appreciate my Matthew McConaughey. I, I like it's going to come out, fair warning. People complain about my singing and all that other stuff like that. Matthew McConaughey will come out, but I I, I promise to put it to a minimum. So, you know, we're going to take some tenants from our basic episodes. Mm-hmm. So we will do a ten cent origin. Of True Detective Season 1. Basically, the basic facts that you need to know about True Detective Season 1. Ashley, can you take us through that? I can take you through the 10-cent origin origin. in case you go to a True Detective viewing party or costume party, which would be... Ooh, a True Detective costume party. It would just just be wife beaters and hooker outfits. Right now, our Halloween costume... I'm going to be Cole. You're going to be Marty. No, he was such yep. a good Halloween costume <laughs> <plan>. <laughs> All right, go ahead and take us All to right, the 10-cent so origin. All right, so here's your 10-cent origin. True Detective is an HBO show that is written by Nick. Pizzolatto. Pizzolatto. I, I have problems with that last Pizzolatto. name, Pizzolatto. I usually call him Nick Pizza, and most people know what I'm I, talking I, I about. I think it's Pizzolatto. Okay, Pizzolatto. Or would, you do think would, it would be Pizzolatto? Well, if you're going Italian, it would be pizza, like 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 a piece oh, okay. of pizza. Well, it's spelled exactly like that. So. Yeah, if you're going Anglo, it would be Pizzolatto. I'm really sorry, uh, Nick. I know you're listening. I know you're a big mm-hmm. fan of the show. I'm sorry that I butchered your name. It was created by him. It was created by him. It's set in Louisiana in 1995 and 2012. And, and yeah, more or less present day. Two time periods. Yeah, really cool. 
And it's the this season stars Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Matthew McConaughey as sorry, interrupt. Detective Rustin Spencer Rust Cole and Woody Harrelson as Detective Martin Eric Marty Hart. I wrote down their names. I was very I was very impressed that they had very long names. Fantastic. And don't be like me and write the show off because Matthew McConaughey is in it. Uh, he's What's that? <laughs> hi Matthew. He's you fantastic, are. and they're trying to solve All right. um, the case. Of the Yellow King. Of the Yellow King that drove them apart when they worked together as partners. And now, in the future, they come back together sort of as PIs to, to finish their unfinished mm-hmm. business. Well, I wrote, I, I, that's basically what the show is about. I also wrote down a synopsis. Mm. Um, basically, uh, if you were to go off the internet's explanation of what True Detective is, it's, it is a show that uses multiple timelines to trace two Louisiana state police criminal investigations, homicide detectives hunt for a serial killer in Louisiana across 17 years. Basically, they hunt the serial killer called the Yellow King, but you learn as the show goes along that it's more about these two detectives' personal lives than it is the case. Yeah, and their relationship with each other. Yes, which is a very interesting fact about the show. So, of course, we're just going to go ahead and spoil the whole season. Yeah. They, they go after the Yellow King who does this, in the first episode, this murder where this woman, who we later find out is a stripper prostitute, she, uh, they put horns on her head, and it's a public... Which, which is a really old symbol for cuckoldry, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. So. And it's a public display, and they spend all the episodes, but this is back in 1995, finding this person. They think they catch this one drug dealer called Remy Ledoux, mm-hmm. and they think that he's the Yellow King. Well, cut ahead 12 years... And now Marty's divorced because he cheated on his wife. Several and, times. Yep. And Russ, uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey, is just like been obsessed with this case. And now he, he thinks he's got a solvent. And the detective, detectives in the future think that Matthew McConaughey is the murderer. And eventually he convinces Marty to help him. And they go through this labyrinth of bricks and mortar. To yeah, they, finally... go to, they go to Pan's Labyrinth yeah, yeah, for ba- a bit. <laughs> basically. And they end the episode and they capture Eric Childress, who is the actual Yellow King, but actually he's not the only Yellow King. You learn that it's probably a group, but he's the main one. And, and he's scary as all get out. And he's very, very scary. Cool. And we'll talk more about him. And they capture him. And at the end of the series, that both the detectives don't die, even though it looks like one gets stabbed with a hatchet and one gets stabbed. Basically gutted. He almost gets disemboweled. Yeah. And you think they both die, but it cuts to a head several weeks later. And they are basically, they become besties even more. And, and I give the show a lot of props for being uh, in the attack scene. It's very scary, but it's not gross. Now, Ashley. Although we, I did cover my eyes. Yes. Now, Ashley, we have gathered some Easter eggs mm-hmm. for True Detective season one. Why don't you go ahead and give us one of those Easter eggs? Okay, I will give you Easter egg number one, and I'm going to apologize to the poor actor whose name I'm probably about to butcher. So I'm gonna guess that his name is pronounced Sidarius Harrell. And he plays Detective Drew Stephen, who's the older of the two African-American detectives in the future who, okay. goes, who interviews. The one who's married. Yeah. Um, he gained 47 pounds for this role. Oh. And he was originally going to be turned down. And then he, I don't, know if he ta- I don't know if he talked to the producer or director, but he talked his way into being cast for this role. He's like, hey, man, I, I ate a lot of donuts for this. Yeah. I ate, do you know how many donuts I ate for this? I ate a lot of donuts. He's like, you know, Fat Burger, I own it. Hey, man. I haven't eaten in like six months. It's true. Matthew McConaughey weighs about eight pounds soaking wet. Yeah, I look skinny in this. Mm-hmm. Like I would actually had meth like rust coal. Yeah. In this. That's good. That's interesting. Game. Yeah. So um, I have an interesting fact about the creator. Uh, three years ago. Nick? Our, Nick bu- our buddy Nick? Nick Pizzolatto was dreaming of a job in television while working... He was an assistant professor of literature at DePaul University nothing, in nothing Indiana. Nothing to turn your nose up at. And he wrote a... Wait, did you say DePaul? It's D-E-P-A-U-W. I DePaul. thought DePaul was in Chicago. Uh, not DePaul. Oh, DePaul. W. I, like De, I think it might, it might be DePaul. I don't know. Okay, I'm, I'm okay. Just my mistake. It's Indiana. In, Indiana. And uh, <laughs> he wrote a novel named Galveston in 2010, which I'm actually currently reading. And he was just, he didn't like his job, didn't want to do anything, and he took a risk, and he moved his entire family, he had kids at the time, to Los Angeles, and he quit his comfortable job, and he just started writing and churning out scripts like crazy. Some, his wife has talked about that one time he wrote for 48 hours straight, and apparently wrote over 20 scripts. That's where rust comes from. And (laughs) one of these scripts was the pilot episode of True Detective. Mm. 
which so, actually has a title and it's not just called Pilot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what another interesting fact for the listeners? Interesting fact for listeners. My second fact is that Corey Fukunaga. See, I picked all the names that are hard to pronounce. Yeah, what is up with this? Uh, he's of Asian extraction. He is one of the main directors on the first season, and he's the one who's credited a lot with giving it a sort of its ethereal. There was only one director. In oh, really? Season one, one. It was one guy every episode. Well, it was him then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's not coming back. For he's season yeah. Two, that sadly. way to way to spoil Sorry. my fact. I read articles. Yeah, and he he has a lot of credit more than the director of. Uh, cinematography, mm-hmm. cinematographer for for the look of it, the aesthetic, the sort of ethereal, dry, not quite real world look. Mm-hmm. And so I know that there's a bit of apprehension, like what's the second season going to mm-hmm. look like. But I think it's a really cool idea to go with the new team that they're going to bring in. I, well, I, I think it's an interesting choice to go with a different look, different team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it, the, season two of True Detective definitely will be an experiment. It's got a lot to live up to. Yeah, but like hopefully too, people don't put it on so high a pedestal that it'll never live. Just like the finale, but we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, another Easter egg is so a lot of the Yellow King, right? Yeah. A lot of the, that was the serial killer's name. I um, was really proud. I just want to brag that I read the Yellow King before I ever saw True Detective wow. because I studied literature. Well, in this university. Is, yeah, <laughs> and this is a reference to The King in Yellow, a fictional play within a collection of short stories, and the actual name comes from this quote there is a play a play that some say does not exist a play that brings well i should probably read this with us oh yeah there's a play play that some say doesn't exist a play that brings madness mm. despair to all who read it the play of the king in yellow <laughs> that was awesome. Was it really? I, yeah. I, I think the listeners are probably like, God, I wish this idiot would shut up about Matthew McConaughey by now. Anyways. Can but- I can I tack on to your King in Yellow? Sure. If you are interested in reading that, you can get the PDF online, the the story and the the play version, everything that it's alluded to in um, is is free and it's in the public domain. You can get it from uh, the Guggenheim website. The Guggenheim PDF. Or probably Kick-Ass Torrents. Oh, hey, do you have another Easter egg for us? Do so. There are two actors who appear in True Detectives who are also in two. It's True Detective, by the way. I know, you I keep know, and I True keep... Detectives. It's because there's two. <laughs> I know it's a little confusing. My brain's just like autocorrect. There's yeah. an S. There's an S. Maybe an S. Ooh, ooh, ooh. maybe every season they'll change it, so it'll be True Detectives. True's Detectives, and then then it'll be like truthful detectives. <laughs> uh, so there are two actors in the first season of True Detective mm-hmm. who have appeared in two film adaptations of popular YA novels. And since we just talked about Divergent and we mm-hmm. kind of wrapped a little bit about Teen Wolf and YA stuff, so I thought I would tie back into that. So um, as many of you probably know, Woody Harrelson is featured in the Hunger Games movie. He's actually my favorite actor in that movie. Uh, yeah, there's not a ton of competition there. Uh, he... I just like Woody Harrelson. Yeah, he's great. I like him. Uh, so he plays Hamish Abernathy, who is Rash. Katniss's... He plays who? Hamish Abernathy. What a weird name, isn't it? Well, it's... Hamish. I mean, it's... I've never heard, I never heard Hamish until uh, Hunger Games. It's not a real name. It's it's derivative of Hamish, uh, the British name, like John Hamish Watson, but all yeah. the, almost all the names are fictional. Actually. Um, so he's, uh, he's Katniss's mentor. Also of her district, and then Alexandra Daddario. I'm guessing names. that's her last name. Um, plays Annabeth Chase in Percy Jackson in those films, and in oh. True Detective they make out a bunch. So that's sort of interesting that the two people who are involved in um, YA franchises spend a lot of time making out. I see. Yep. Now I have an Easter egg. That is going to blow your mind. Please. Because it's something that you probably missed, and probably most of the listeners that watched True Detective <laughs> missed as well. I'm, I'm just going to be offended for a second that you insulted all of our intelligence and deductive observational skills. That we missed it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I missed it. I probably missed it. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, this would be a hard one to see. Now, in the very first episode, the uh, the woman who was killed, uh, the Kissing Amazon. Headed? Yeah, she has tattooed. Laura? I don't remember. Uh, that's not the point. Lorna is it Lorna Dane or whatever. It doesn't matter. Something. Yeah. 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 We, we Dora remember. Lang. Dora Lang. Yeah, That's her name. Um, so on her neck is tattooed a spiral design. Yes. Many people have like, oh, that's Time Warner Cable's design. No, 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 it's not. And so you see that spiral in several ways. Like Russ in episode two saw it in the birds. Yep. Uh, you see it in several other places. There is a place that 
it was in almost every episode that we completely missed. And that is on the living room wall of Marty's house. Oh, wow. <laughs> there is a children's drawing on the wall next to the kitchen entrance. And the spiral is drawn in blue crayon. That's awesome. And it's in like the first six episodes. Uh-huh. And the, uh, there's a very significant shot of, and I, I don't know what from episode it's from, but how I figured you saw this is that there's a shot of Marty hugging one of the girls in the entrance and right beside him is that drawing. Wow. That's like the, the Superman in Seinfeld. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, like it's something small so that it's mm-hmm. always there. It's always going to be present in the episodes. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. really interesting. Do you have another Easter egg? I have, are we all Easter egg? I have one more. It's more of a fun fact um, than an Easter egg. Mm-hmm. And it's that uh, there's been a, a lot of talk about the way women are treated in True Detective yes. and that we now know the second season is going to feature at least one woman. Mm-hmm. Many people are speculating that it's going to have two women. I don't think so. And I don't think so either. But the fan favorite uh, female team... Are the Mara sisters, uh, Kate Mara of House of Cards and Rooney Mara of of uh, Girl uh, with the Dragon, Dragon Tattoo? So I think that's interesting. I would not want to see that personally. I like both of them. I just mm-hmm. I think it's a bit pandering. Uh, I don't but, think I don't think so either. But yeah, that's the fan favorite prediction for. Uh, who I'm gonna I'm gonna add an, an addendum to that. Sure. I want to see an older woman. Isn't that? Sort of what people are also speculating. I want to see. I want to see a woman that you want to see, like President Rosalind. Yes, I want to see forty and up. Okay. I, I want to see a woman of that age. Can can we come back to this point and sure. can we cast someone? Ooh, make a note of that. Okay. And hey, we have a pen, and we will come like back to that. professionals. I have. Uh, um, I have two last Easter eggs. Okay. Um, one is just an interesting idea into Errol Childress, the Yellow King. Now, Ooh. Nick Pizzolatto wrote an entire biography for Errol. And in this biography, he said that Errol Childress, I'm sorry, I pronounced it, Errol Childress, taught himself how to sound like other people by watching movies on his VCR. That's why one minute he can sound like Andy Griffith inviting you to the fishing hole, and the next moment he can sound like Jason Mason, and then the next moment he can sound like something otherworldly. So that explains why Eric Childress had like all these... Uh, videotapes uh, next to his TV yeah. and why he was switching dialects and also why he was watching North by Northwest. I think that's interesting because his his British dialect was very much like um, an older movie or like a BBC kind of English, which well, I thought was interesting. The actor said that he prepared for this role by, by watching 20 hours of the Andy Griffith show. <sighs> and he said that... I have, I have a lot of respect for that actor. The idea for this that Nick Pizzolatto was going for is that... Um, he's like, he's like, if we're talking about the stories we tell ourselves, if identity is a story you tell yourself, the, this killer we get to know very little in the end, and his identity seems completely fluid depending on what story needs to be told or what story is in front of him. Yeah. Which I think is an interesting idea. That is. I kind of wish, I actually do, I wish we had seen, we learned more about him as a character, but... I didn't want to learn more. But he was him. really scary, so yeah. I really didn't want any more of him. I liked him being just a weird cipher. I didn't need to, I think learning more about him would have lessened the mystery and we would have been like, Arr! It would have, but I just think he was interesting and compelling enough that it would have been cool. Now, we're going to get I'm going to give one last Easter egg about a little bit of season 2 talk and then we're we're going to save our all our other season 2. We'll cast season 2, I think. Okay. At the end of the episode. But season 2, the basic idea is that Nick Pizzolatto has only said this. He said the basic idea is hard women, bad men, and the secret occult history of the U.S. transportation system. I love that. I didn't know it had an occult history. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I didn't either. I didn't either. Um, 
the strong money that a lot of people are throwing out online is that the next season will be set in Texas. Yeah. Because a lot of Nick Pizzolatto's stories are set in Texas. But that could all just be speculation. No proof behind that. That's the only statement we know, what I just told you. And that was just announced uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's it. That's what uh, our our little Easter egg section. Now we're going to actually go full on into full on review mode. Something we've never done on the show before. It's a a geek history lesson first. (laughs) It's a topsy-turvy day of mystery. Oh, man. Just like True Detective. (laughs) You know, like the world, it takes you up, floats you upside down. You know what I'm saying, Marty? Sure. I'm just going to keep calling you Marty. I'm just going to pretend like I'm chewing uh, chewing tobacco. All right. So we have bre- broken down into sections. What our favorite things are. We're going to start with who we thought the best character of True Detective Season 1 was. Ashley, mm-hmm. would you please, who was your best character? I have, I kind of have two answers. I'm sort of cheating on this. The character who I liked the most, um, like as a human being, was Maggie Hart, um, Marty's wife. Okay. And um, because she's the only one who's sort of empathetic. She's really strong. I think the Mm -hmm. actress does a great job. Um, So I really liked her. But the character who I enjoyed watching the most and watching his machinations was Rust. Because he's he's the type of character I like. He's, you know, Mm. he's the in the Holmes and Watson. Yeah, he's he's the Holmes character. I'm surprised to hear you say you liked Matthew McConaughey. I know because I don't. Well, I liked him in that. I'm not a Matthew McConaughey fan. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) Yeah, but I really, I really, I liked watching him. But I think the fact that Marty was the one who ultimately hey. cracked it was a great sort of dichotomy twist. Hey, girl, which hey. one of my speeches you like the most? I mean, I don't think you're attractive, so I don't know how this is going to work out. I, I, I'm just talking about mm, auditorial things of the mouth. Aural? Um, aural, yeah. <laughs> um, what? Which one of my speeches did you like? I liked the one about how it was all ritual and how it happened before and what happened again. Because uh, it was like prophecy first, from the pilot. First episode. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm. He does that a lot. You know, it's that old, old Russ goes. Mm. Well, he's, there's a lot of alcohol, <laughs> so there's processing going on. But enough about Russ. Tell me who your favorite characters. My favorite and I think best character of True Detective Season 1 is Detective. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to string it out. <laughs> Detective. Martin Marty Hart. <laughs> Woody Harrelson. Just because he's Woody Harrelson. Uh well no 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 no. I I liked I liked that he was um a detective that was not cut off from the world. I, I liked Matthew McConaughey. I like Russ Cole a lot. Yeah. But that I feel is a character that we see a lot in fiction. Just because that's the character that the writer can like, oh, I can give all my cool shit to that character to say. And that character That's why they're my favorite character. Yeah, yeah. And that character can <laughs> exist as a cipher. Marty Yeah. I've met Marty before. I've met Marty several times in my life. Mm. That real character before. The guy who has the wife, thinks the wife and kids is the most important, but cheats every day on him. Yeah. And also the hypocrite. Like, yeah. the South, you're listening right now. I know you're listening right now, and I'm going to say something. That's and gonna, we love you. That's probably going to offend the crap out of you. I love the South. I'm from just slightly north of the South. I've actually never been to the South. Um, <laughs> the South is full of a lot of hypocrites. People that will be so nice to your face, and the minute you turn your back, they will they will badmouth and swear you into the ground. Mm. And Marty reminded me a lot of that. Marty seemed very real. Mm-hmm. And... I didn't like in the middle of the season how it kind of seemed like Russ was like super detective yeah. and Marty was kind of going on. So, I, again, like you said, I love that it was Marty who basically solved the case. It was Marty. And I also like how Marty is the reason for Russ's catharsis. And his survival. Yes. Like Marty, Russ would have gone on his ritual suicide. Yeah. That's what the oh, season yeah. would have been like. But because of Marty, Marty, see... Marty valued family above all others. Mm-hmm. The only problem was is that he didn't spot who his real family was, and that's Russ. Yeah. Although and- I think it was it was nice that at the end you got to see his wife and his kids. Like it was for me, it was more rewarding to see him and he get finally, what he want and than he Rust. finally became real with them. He cried in front of them yeah. and broke the, the 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 barrier. Yeah. His fakeness with them, which would and that and, and a little bit Woody Harrelson, but more mainly because <laughs> yeah. I I don't like the ciphers. I like I like more the 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 the, the pillars. 
Mm -hmm. The pillars that hold everything up. And that's definitely what Marty was. And that's why he's my favorite character of season one. Now, my worst character of season one was both of the Louisiana Investigative Department's police chiefs. I hated both of them. I could not find the name of the actor that played. There was two of them. Yeah. I could not find the name of the actor who was the police chief in 2002. But in 1995, it was Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn, who's also the father in Transformers. Now, the one in 2002, he's the sleazy lawyer guy. No, he's the sleazy mafioso guy in Daredevil named Joe Quesada, who Daredevil throws in front of the train. Oh, I didn't know he was named Joe Quesada. Yeah, his name is Joe Quesada. (laughs) And he always plays those stupid roles. But I... I thought the the police chiefs were just the cliche that you see in every police yeah, movie. Yeah, they were. And it got a little old. Who was your worst character? My worst character um, is kind of, I guess because I'm a girl, is Beth, who's the young girl who's the prostitute. And then you see Marty give her money oh, the, the, in the 95. Girl, the girl who works at the T-Mobile. Yeah, and then she, like, manip- and it's it's she manipulates him and he kind of lets himself be taken. But I just... I think I think the actress did a good job. Mm-hmm. I thought she was really cute. Um, I'm not knocking her. I just hate every time she showed up. I was like, Ugh. I fucking hate you, and mm. you're ruining. Not that Marty wasn't gonna ruin his life anyway, but I was like, yeah. and I know I'm trying not to like victimize a woman because I'm a woman, but mm-hmm. I was like, you're ruining things. I don't like you. I don't like what you're bringing to the Stop plot. Stop mucking Marty up, you. Just, yeah, yeah, you're just, a mucker. Like, get off. <laughs> you're a mucker, you. So, and I felt like she served very little. In, in forwarding the plot because you'd already seen Marty cheat mm-hmm. uh, with Alexandra I, I liked the, Daria. I like the moment where you found out that he sort of saved her though. Like he, I did. Yeah, I went, did like that. Like, cause he, she was a child, and he gave her the hundred dollars, like, do something with your life. And it, it's kind of nice that, like, seven years later, you find out that she did. Yeah, and she remembered him. You know. Oh, yeah. And I agree with you that the affair was a little much. Um, can I bring up a point that I find very interesting? Absolutely. You picked both women. I know, I did. On a show that is very male dominated. Well, it's because and I mean, my 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 saying that Russ was my favorite character is a bit of a caveat because he is a Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. um sort of archetypal character. But I don't have a problem Sherlock with Sherlock ain't got nothing on me. With oh man, I'd love to watch them fight, just mm. beat the shit out of each other. I don't have a problem with this show and its treatment of women, um, because Nick Pizzoletto has addressed it. Uh, very openly. He also has a daughter. Too. Is yeah, is, but I mean, <laughs> I know that shouldn't change the fact just because you have a daughter, you get a free pass. But yeah. it it doesn't. I mean, he could be a really shitty father. Well, do you know the statement that he said uh, specifically addressing this issue? Uh, well, yeah, but please. Oh, were you going to say for it? the listeners? Oh, no, I, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, I, it's fine. I feel bad now. No, don't go ahead. Okay, basically, he said that the reason why women don't get a fair shake in this show is because this whole show is viewed through Russ and Marty's eyes. Yes. So he said that the women in the show are three-dimensional characters, but we don't get to see them that way because we are seeing it through the prism. And he said that... And he said that next season, or he, and he, he didn't specifically state, but he's like, when we have a woman character, he's like, you will see the worldview change. Yeah. And and that's why it doesn't really bother me that you see them as as non-functioning human beings. They're, they're very much treated like things. And, and but, they're but, also very similar to uh, the Sherlock-John Watson relationship, which I think you should explain to the listeners. Your, your Sherlock, Sherlock-John Watson theory about two halves of a coin. Oh, yeah. Okay, but can I finish my thought about women first? I apologize. Um, I sit over here and drink some beer. But so, because of the way they treat women, Rust and Marty are hard. Like, I enjoy watching them as characters. Mm. Um, but I don't like saying that someone is my favorite character when I don't like them as a as a human being. Ah, I see. Um, so you is... could never like a villain? No. Okay. Um, yeah, no. I mean, no, I... No, we've had this discussion basically about Walter White on Breaking <laughs> yeah, Bad, and, who and I a couple, love. a couple characters. I mean, yeah. I like, I'm, I'm partial to Moriarty, but it's because um, Andrew Scott's Moriarty is a cute little gay man. Mm. But so the Sherlock John Watson thing, which if you don't know... Um, I'm going to tie everything I can back to Sherlock. Um, sure, the theory with Sherlock and John, which is very, very true, in whatever incarnation you want, is Sherlock is the head, John is the heart. They're two functioning halves of what would make a whole, complete, well-adjusted person, and they need each other. It's like heterosexual like life partners. And that is very... It is is You see that in Russ and Marty. Yeah. They're, it's 100%. They're, they're at their best when they're together, but they're always trying to drive each other apart mm-hmm. because they are so polar opposite, but they need what the other one brings to the table. And Marty is, he's that passionate, 
not very analytical, driving, friendly, friendly. Yeah, he's very charismatic. Yeah, he can talk to anybody. Um, character and and Russ is the analytical, the cipher, the brain who's mm-hmm. who doesn't care about manners, which is why they balance each other out so well. So yeah, that now, was a long answer. Did you have? A favorite scene. I did have a favorite scene. Tell us about I it. I actually have two favorite scenes. Man, you got two of everything. I know I do. What's going on here? Uh, this is not the last thing I have two for. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, listeners, we apologize if this podcast goes over an hour, but it's because we love True Detective I don't so much. I apologize even a little bit. <laughs> uh, so my my favorite scene is actually the, the very first time you see Marty and Rust at the site. The field. Yeah. Um, not because I'm particularly fond of ritualistic murder, but I just, I like, I'm a sucker for origin stories mm-hmm. and I like seeing them together and seeing their, excuse me, their dynamic for Marty's the first time. Marty's blonde hair was fantastic. I know he looked like 10 episode. years younger. Oh, um, but it's so dreamy. That scene is definitely tied with, again, um, the scene where Marty pulls out the picture of the greenhouse, like when everything changes mm-hmm. and you know that it's just going to be driving from there to the end of the, uh, the end of the show. So, but it's mostly that first scene of them together. Okay. What was your number two? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I said when Marty finds the the, the oh the green of the house. Oh, yeah, I'm, the I'm sorry. I was I was a little confused by that. I'm sorry. Sorry for being unclear. No, 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 no. What's your favorite scene? My favorite scene or two is from episode five. I only have one. I always I always choose one, oh. and it's called the secret fate of all life. And my favorite scene. You heard a little bit of it in the intro. Oh, yes. <laughs> is when Russ is on the table. And it's it's a big episode where Russ reveals basically that he thinks humanity is just, you know. But you get to learn his worldview. And it's at the, you know, um, he's like this world where nothing's solved. Someone once told me time is a flat circle. Everything we've done or will do, we're going to do over and over Again, and the interesting thing about that quote is it's where he tells the f- time is a flat circle and that we're going to keep repeating and keep repeating, which I think is a theme that is very apparent and also is very apparent in Childress because he, yeah. if you listen to Childress, he talks about in the last episode he talks about the ascension. Mm-hmm. Now Nick Pizzolatto has said that that ascension is resulting of Childress also views time that way and that he feels that these murders can break him out of that circle of the loop. Oh, so that's why he keeps doing the ritual sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And that Carcosa is supposed to be like his gateway out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, excuse me, I just severely just smacked punched the your mic. Crap, smacked the crap out of my mic because I'm so <laughs> I'm so confronted about the Yellow King. But I love that um, I love that speech. It's very thought provoking, and it's something you don't normally see in a detective show because most detective shows are just like law and order. They're procedural. Let's catch the criminal. Oh, we caught him. Oh, we're good. I like I like that. Uh, Nick Pizzolatto has said a lot of times that he is very influenced by Grant Morrison, and I think it totally shows. I didn't know that. Yeah, he says he loves. Wow, like, so many things make sense now. Yeah, he said that he like <laughs> loves uh, Grant Morrison's Animal Man. Uh, nice. he, he loves he loves Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, and he also loves The Invisibles. Okay. And uh, oh. and he's uh, also the spaghetti a, monster with uh-huh. a green ear, and he's oh. also a fan of Preacher. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so oh, you, he should be working on preaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too bad. Damn. I mean, but uh, he, <laughs> you can tell through the thought provoking. It's very good. Um, but I also love the very simple quote that he says, "Someone once told me." Yeah. Because if you remember in that same episode, they capture Remy Ledoux. Yeah. And Remy and Ledoux says, says the exact same thing to him. Yeah. And I love that. And I also love in the episode. That you see Matthew McConaughey's explanation of it first, and then you hear Remy Ledoux's explanation of it. And throughout the entire scene, Remy Ledoux is trying to tell him this, and Matthew McConaughey's like, shut up. Shut up. Like, he keeps telling him to shut up, but he listened. Is that the same episode where... No, I don't think so. Let us in. Let us in. Is that the same episode where right at the end, but I think it happens earlier because he said episode five, Um, but I... Binge watch like the first six episodes there, altogether. Yeah, there's only eight episodes. I know. Um, is that the same episode where right at the end he's like, "Well, then you better start asking me the fucking right questions." 
I, I'm or not, does that happen earlier? I'm not 100% certain. Yeah, I feel like it's the end of that episode, mm-hmm. but I'm quite possibly incorrect. Moving on. Worst scene. Very quickly, I don't want to talk about worst scenes that worst much. Worst scene, hands down, um, for me, and I'm not going with the scene that scared me the most. Mm-hmm. I'm going with when Rust and Maggie had sex. No. I now I'm going to say this. I hated it. That was also my pick for the worst scene in the entire season. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad that I wasn't the only one. Oh, when, no. When you, I knew, when you said I knew Maggie, instantly. When you said Maggie was your favorite character, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. But no, no, that was so, because it seemed so against their characters. Yeah. Both of them. Which I, I get is the point of it, and I, I understand why they did it for storytelling, but I just, like, she walked in there and I was like, No! No! <laughs> well, the scene is basically that Maggie comes over because she finds out that Marty has been cheating on her again. With and, and she thinks the only reason, the only way she can get him to leave her is that if she cheats with Rust on Marty, because that, that would disgust him and make yeah. him leave. Well, and she knows that he's kind of jealous because Marty came over earlier to a, a, apologize or make amends for having been drunk at uh-huh. dinner, and he mows her lawn. Yep. And then Marty comes up and gets, uh, gets all offended and mm-hmm. angry by that, so... Because he's a hypocrite. Yeah. What was your favorite episode of the entire season? Pilot. Why? Uh, Sucker for origin stories. That's it? Really? Yeah, really. Um, Pilots of stuff are almost always my favorite. Really? Uh, Yeah, consistently, unless I cry, because I I just really like seeing everyone come together for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't actively go in there and try to solve a mystery. And, but I feel like, I feel like True Detective had one of the most intricately set up deep like mythos of a television show that I'd seen in a long time. I don't know if it was the mythos. Mm-hmm. I, th- I I think it was the character. I-, I-, I think it wasn't the mythos that was deep because the mythos is very, very thin actually if you I think just about mean, it. I just mean all the symbolism like when you first saw the murder scene like with, with it's, it's a red-headed girl. It's a naked girl. Oh, it's yeah, the yeah. antlers. It's in a grass field. She's tied to a tree. The, the blue symbol, like, like mm. there's never that much thought. Well, not never, but rarely given to a crime scene mm. that you see on television. All right. I was going to say, like, because I, I thought that, because, like, I mean, towards the end, you find out that kind of the mythos and stuff is just meaningless. Yeah. You know, whereas, like, the characters, like, really what matters. And that mm-hmm. these characters are, like, so developed, so deep and stuff like that. Um, what do you think my favorite episode was? I think your favorite episode was... I actually have the name of it written down. Oh, you let wrote me, you wrote you, you wrote what you thought my favorite episode would be. Pull this one up. Um, I'm gonna guess it's either episode five, mm-hmm. which I don't, which know is the, the one name I quoted. Of. Yeah, or um, episode six. Uh, you were incorrect. Bollocks. My favorite episode is episode four with the title "Who Goes There," simply because the end of it is that Russ goes. To a ghetto, yeah, and does oh, a drug deal for that shot. Yes, and the last nine <laughs> minutes of the show are one continuous shot because the the shit hits the fan and Russ has to escape out of the ghetto on foot with and an injured with a hostage, an injured yeah, hostage, not even a CI. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he has to basically avoid not being killed. Yeah, and the camera follows him through houses, around houses, behind bushes, escaping helicopters in one continuous shot, and it was fantastic. It's something that you rarely see in movies, and much less television. I don't, I can't think of a time that a television show has done a shot that long. I think this is the longest shot on television. Don't quote me on that, but like just the fact of that, like that was where the show locked in, and I was like, oh, this is something different. Yeah, this is something really, really different. What was your worst episode? Uh, my worst episode, again, I have two. Um, <laughs> wow, they, two. They kind of tie in. Well, there was no episode that I hated. There were episodes that I hated parts of. Okay. Um. So one of them is Haunted Houses because that's the whole... Remind me of the number of that one. Uh, episode six. Okay. Uh, which is the one where Rust and Maggie sleep together. Oh. Because for me, that episode is all about how can um Marty, Cole, and... Maggie hurt each other the most and they're and I think I'm being generous including Maggie into this but um, they're Mm. the ones who you kind of have to go to for the emotional life and I don't like them doing evil things to each other I just like evil happening around them um, which is why I I had some issues with that episode Um, I also have an issue with form and um, 
Yeah, form and void. Which is uh, which is the finale. Oh, what are your problems there? My problems are it scared me. <laughs> um, it scared me. Which I, so that's the worst I one. I pick a big bone with. Um, my my problem is. <laughs> I I like that they got a happy ending, mm-hmm. um, and I like Matthew McConaughey's speech up to the stars. But just the way it was packaged, it. I was like, well, I see "Oh, it. this is kind of cheesy because it's the uh, ending, and he's got it happy." Um, so those were the those were the two episodes that I had like the biggest problems, and they're very forgivable, and I could mm-hmm. watch them again and be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so what was your least favorite, worst episode? None. Not, oh, cop out. Not a cop single episode. Out. No, because I literally thought about it. And I thought about it and I did Yeah, so did I, and then I picked some. No. Nope. No, hey, you you put two on every single question. And I follow the rules and I only break it at the last minute and you give me hell. I don't think so. It's time to ask some real fucking questions. Um no, I I thought about it and I could not give an episode a pass. Because of a single scene, no matter how much I hated that that sex scene, I liked everything else in it. I liked the fight yeah. between Russ and Marty. I like all the other stuff. I like finally getting to see them meet in in, in present day. Yeah. Um, I also feel that most of the time when I'm talking about television shows or seasons, there's usually an episode that I can take out. But I'm also a very I'm I'm a story person that I, I like point A, B, C, D, and mm-hmm. I like to be able to see the whole story. With True Detective, you cannot take a single episode out. It falls. It's true. The house falls yeah. if you do that. And because of that, I don't pick, I, I, I say not a single one. Now I'm calling shenanigans. No, I, I could have called <laughs> shenanigans on you four times. So no, um, I say not a single one. And that would lead us into our verdict on True Detective Season 1. Now we're going to give True Detective Season 1 a buy it. A Jason Reads Comics. Yeah, a Jason Reads Comics, <laughs> if you watch my YouTube videos. A, a buy it. Borrow it from a friend, or a skip it, or borrow it from a friend could be stream it. Yeah, like if you, but but it'll only be on HBO Go, HBO Go, HBO Go, HBO Go. It'll only be on HBO Go when it doesn't fail. So yeah, buy it, borrow it from a friend, or skip it. What do you say, Ashley? I would say buy it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely buy. It. There are some people who I would tell I would tell my mother to skip it. Uh huh. Um, just knowing her, or if I knew someone who was like, I'm really sensitive, but there are some people out there who are more sensitive than me. I would mm-hmm. say skip it. Um, but as a generalization, I think everything about it is so high quality. I think even if even if detectives, even if the South, even if Matthew McConaughey isn't your thing, mm-hmm. it's just so worth your time in every possible way. And I agree. I give a massive buy it. Mm-hmm. I give a massive buy it so much that when this comes out, <laughs> I am buying this yeah. on Blu-ray. <laughs> and I look forward to be able to watch it. In like fully HD 1080, like to see the the the, the Louisiana escapes and stuff like yeah. that. And also, I I'm very curious to watch how the story unfolds and to see all the clues now that I know the ending. Yeah, I haven't gone back and watched any of the episodes uh, more than once, but I'm really excited to go back and watch the pilot in particular mm. because uh, Nick Pizzoletto said that all the clues you need are in the pilot are in there. And and maybe I'm not that clever, but I really want to know. If and that's I know true uh, uh, Eric Childress. I, we don't see him till episode two, I believe. Yes. Yeah, episode two, because um, he's on the lawnmower, and then you don't see him again till episode six. Mm-hmm. No, seven. Is it six? six? Seven. No, you see him in seven. six because that's oh yeah, yeah when he talks to the two okay, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. African American. Now characters. you picked. Now we're going to go into the general discussion about True Detective. But real before we cut to our, our, our season two picks of what we want season two to be about yeah. or what we'd like to see in season two, mm-hmm. I really want to talk about what has been tearing the internet in half, uh, tore the internet in half right away, um, the hatred for the finale. Yeah. Now, you picked the finale as one of your worst episodes. I just think it's a weaker Why? episode. Why? Um, What's be- weak about it? It, it's it's the whole ending, the happy ending. And I again, I like that there's a happy mm. ending. It's the only part of the entire show that I thought felt contrived. Okay. Like I could see, um, you know, n- either Nick Pizzoletto or the showrunner or somebody's hand in there. Well, their... Nick Pizzoletto wrote every episode, so it's all him. Yeah, but it's not like people probably told him to make change. I don't know how many changes he made for his sake, how many it was someone else telling him to make the change. Uh, generally, HBO, Yeah. when you pitch a series at HBO... Uh, you go in with your idea, you tell them how many episodes it's going to be and how much budget you need. HBO gives you the money and you're off to the races and they don't touch you. And the only time they do touch you 
is in terms of like censorship. Uh-huh. If they're like, whoa, we think that's too far for even HBO. Or in terms of budget and length. That's it. Okay, H- well, HBO lets you have free reign. It's well, all Nick. My my only problem then was that I could see him being like, and Russ gives his speech here and connects with Marty here and they walk off and they live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I understand why it happened, which is why I'm not like I'm not fucked off about mm-hmm. it. I'm like miffed. Um, so that's why. But I didn't think it. Like I would say it's it's one of the weaker episodes, but I didn't think it sucked. Like I had a lot less problems with it than I did watching the Matt Smith's regeneration. Oh, the end of the eleventh Doctor. Yeah. Doctor Who. Um, and that's going to lead me into my point that I think the pre the problem that everybody has with it is because they all had it all hyped up as like some big shootout, or that one of the detectives was the killer, or and, and stuff. And they're all they expected both of them to die. Yeah. And because both of them didn't die, because Nick didn't write it the way that they wanted it to be. Yeah. Oh, I hate it because it wasn't the way that I and I think that's the life of culture and pop culture and Internet that we're into. It's like if you don't like with the story the way I want the story, well, then fuck this. And it sucks. But that's also the like the instant oatmeal society of social media. And as a fan, now more than ever, like we have a huge voice, which is why we can do something, you know, like a podcast. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but, but it also gets very, very annoying. I, I, it does. I, it does. But I think people feel proprietary over these 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 products that they love. This is this is the simply the thing that I will I will say about it. I have no problem with the ending now that I've thought about it for a, quite a while now, a couple yeah. weeks. Um, I have no problem with it. It is not the ending that I expected because I expected one of them to die. But then if you think about it, if you think about it, for one of them to die is very cliche. It is. And for both of them to die is even more More cliche. More cliche, yeah. Now, I get your fact. The only problem I have with the finale, Mm -hmm. and and it's a little bit agree with your point, is how on the nose Matthew McConaughey's final speech is about light and dark. Yeah. That's my only problem with the finale. I mean, he acts the hell out of it, though. And Woody Harrelson just being there as a support, oh, he's, he's doing a great he job. Made, and, and he did it with on the third take. Yeah. They only did three takes of it, and the third take's the one you see in the episode. Uh, yeah, and he gives a hell of a performance with that speech. Uh, that actually might win Matthew McConaughey an Emmy. Oh, I was going to... If, if True Detective doesn't take all the Emmys... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's gonna um, <laughs> the internet will explode. Yeah, it it, it will. Or uh, oh, excuse me, I just hit the mic again. I'm just so <laughs> fervent, passionate, passionate about True Detective. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have any problem, and I and I admire Nick as a writer. Yeah. for not going the most expected way. Like I can really usually predict television shows and movies. Like I just because I write a lot and do stuff like that, and I've watched a lot of stories, read a lot of stories. I can just see how a story works, and nine times out of ten, I can predict how something ends. Yeah. And, and anything that completely uh, doesn't go the way that I expect it, I love. Uh, that's why I'm a big fan of Stephen Moffat's Doctor Who, because I can't predict it. Mm-hmm. Uh, his Sherlock's the same way. I can't predict it. Uh, that's why I like Lost, because I couldn't predict it. Yeah. And I like this, because I did not predict the acting, uh, happy ending. Um and I'm really, I really, really, really want to read the adventures or see the adventures of Marty and Rust as private eyes because of their newfound acclaim because they captured the Yellow King. And since Nick well, Pizzolatto, he rights. retained their literary rights, um, that he said that if he figures out a story, he will write it. It'll happen. Oh, you know he'll will. Like he'll, like come on, but business sense, man. Yeah, yeah. Business sense. All right, let's let's talk about True Detective season two. What do you want to see in season two? I want. I would love to see two women. I would love to see two women. Um, I think it's smarter to do a man and a woman. Um, I think two women will be season three if we get a season three. Yeah, and if season two doesn't bomb, then great. I would actually love, and I get that it's probably going to stay in the south, but I would love if we went to like Alaska or Minnesota or somewhere very like not the south in every. Yeah, do it in winter. Okay. Um, I would just love and and shoot it all. I punch my mic in blue. Because the season was very like orange and yellow. It was very green. Uh, that's true. Uh, but I would just love for it to be the opposite in every way, but mm-hmm. of the same quality as uh, season one. I don't. I don't see him going up north. I don't either. But because it, it's not... if I had my druthers, uh-huh. that's what I would do. No, I get you. Um, 
because the thing that really, really worked this season and the thing that makes like a show like Justify work so well is that Southern quality. Yeah. There's that type of people, that type of community that doesn't exist anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And I get... And the funny thing about the South is that each state has their own distinct flavor. Like, you can go to Texas and it, it'll be a different show than what it would be in Louisiana. If, I mean, if they stayed in Louisiana, which I don't imagine them doing. No. Um, I would love to see them, I would love to see it go to New Orleans and to really play on all the, like, voodoo oh, kind of mysticism yeah, yeah. that's particularly around that mm-hmm. city. But yeah, what do you want? I just want a good story. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I, I, I'm, I want him to go. I, I don't like he, I'm going to keep very broad because it's his story. I don't care. I would love to see Texas. I think Texas would be fantastic. And I think Texas like South, South Texas, like Borderlands, Texas, Ooh, Mexico, Te- not that far. But Texas is the South. And yeah. it would it would have that same flavor, especially like if you, you like go out to some of the plains. Mm-hmm. Um, you just want a cowboy. No. Well, I mean, this uh, true detective was very much Marty's cowboy. I mean, yeah, he, wore belt, but, he wore a belt buckle. Would you want to see a ranger? Or would oh, you want them to be like, um, like still homicide? The Texas or... Ranger. I don't know. I don't know. Um, you you could do whatever you want. You could. I think you can make it work because like uh, Raylan Givens and Justified is a is a U.S. Marshal and it still works. That's true. And and Raylan Givens could totally be in the storyline like this. Um, he's that type of character that would fit very they well. They should they should cast um the guy who plays Boyd. Oh, Walter Goggins. He's just my favorite part of Justified. Oh. I've, only, I've only sort of well, tangentially okay, here, watched here, it. Here's the, here's the things that I want to say about True Detective Season 2. I, I would love to see Texas. I don't really care. I think so, it has to be set somewhere in the south. Um, Tennessee, I think, would be as far, as far north as you could go. Okay. Um, unless there's. Like I don't a, know where Tennessee is on the map. I, I think wherever... About the middle. Okay. Wherever he sets it, there has to be this like community. Like maybe A Boston story might work. You think so? Because the Boston Bostonians have this very, or, or Pittsburgh, or even Baltimore would work. Uh, you just need you need a place where the people, like their city, is definitely their city, and it's like a character on its own, and and there's oh, different you mean, like, customs. Where pe- people have more more pride in living in the city they live in than they have like reason to. It's, yeah, it's not homogenized. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what that, that's what True Detective I feel needs. So that's what the spirit of the show okay. needs. Okay. Two. I'll agree with you. Um, I want to see movie actors. Yeah. In the two lead roles. I want all of them. I mean, I want, that's what we had this season. Exactly. And that's why I want it in every season. I want movie actors that have never never done television before or haven't done television For in a, a long, long time, time since, like, Woody, to, to do this show. I think it's the perfect aspect. Like, imagine, imagine like, pulling in, uh, I mean, this is just, like. Don't you dare say Sigourney Weaver. N- Oh, because she was who I was going to say who I wanted. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Oh, okay. She say that. Say that. Put a pin. That. Put a pin on that. Put a pin. <laughs> I, 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 I was going to say like you know pull Morgan Freeman in. Ooh. You know like because he's played this I role. I think in seven. I think it would be really cool um, if some one of the the detectives that were following the story lineup was African American. Yes. Or Latino uh-huh. well, or not um, white. And I have one last point. Kay. I would love for the show to tangentially somehow. Let us see a connection to season one. Yeah, me somehow, too. somehow, me too. Like I said, even if like I don't see a cameo happening, it would be so awesome if there was like a cameo by one of them very quickly. But just some mention of the Yellow King, something to show that we're in the same universe. Yeah, that we all exist. And in the then same that world. way, it would help create this whole mystic occult that this all exists. This is this whole world is strange. Yeah. Now, okay. Um. Now I tweeted when when the hashtag was going crazy. I tweeted uh, Edward James almost and uh, uh, what's Katie her Sackoff. Name? Katie Sackhoff. I think that'd be awesome. I think it would be amazing. TV actors though. Now you have have you cast who you think you should be? You said Sigourney Weaver, which I think is a fantastic. Well, choice. Well, I was thinking, and then you said movie actors, and so... Sigourney Weaver's a movie actor. No, no, no. I know, but I I was thinking, I was still thinking about. Um, I'm gonna forget her first name. Uh, the woman who plays President Roslin. Oh, Laura. No, it's not. McDowell. I want to McDowell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary McDowell? Mary McDowell. That's it. Um, I think she's fabulous. And mm. I like her in everything. She's a movie even, actor. Even the six seconds she's in Donnie Darko. Uh-huh. Um, and I want to see her in more things. I think she. it's got to be somebody more bigger status than that. Yeah. Whereas I think Sigourney Weaver fits perfectly into that. Yeah. And I think um, she can. she's never not been the double negative. She's always badass. Yeah, yeah. Even, again, she shows up for like six. And she's still beautiful. Six seconds. She's in. in she was ha- in Cabin in the Woods. Well, she's in the last five minutes of Paul 
as well. I've never seen Paul. Well, she's in the last five minutes, but basically playing the same role she, she plays in Cabin in the Woods. And she like she's still like she's still powerful. She's basically the head of this government agency. Uh-huh. And you're just like, wow, you're beautiful and you're still scary. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> but I don't know who I would team her with. Well, would you go older or younger? I, I do like... I would... If I was I casting like a male, I would African go younger American. man. I like African-American. Um, If I could cast any African-American male, I would mm-hmm. cast Paul Robeson, um, but he's dead. Okay. So that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. I just think he's fantastic. Um, I'm trying to think of like someone... You know who I'd love to throw in there? Who? You probably won't like this person. You can say Idris Elba? No. Cuba Good Jr. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen Cuba Gooden Jr. in anything. Uh, he's in a lot of stuff. I think Cuba Gooden Jr. would would be a really good choice for this for this. Can role. he act? Yeah, oh yeah, he's won an Oscar before. Hell yeah, he can act. He, yeah, I mean, but everything I hear, and this is here saying conjecture. I've just I've never really heard anything super positive about him. Uh, he's a good actor. Okay, uh, it's just that he's kind of fallen under the curse of doing all these crappy movies for the last ten years for paychecks. Oh, but, okay. Well, but, I, but I won't fault anyone. Fifth, that. Jerry Maguire time. He was amazing. Who's who's like an African American actor who's like in their early thirties? Because my brain just keeps taking me back to Idris Elba. That's pretty. That's pretty wide. That's pretty well, yeah, wide. I'm trying to go like younger than. I mean, well, there's. Weaver. I mean, there's Jamie Fox. I don't want Jamie. Fox I don't in want this. Jamie Fox either. You know, I don't know. I I think Morgan Freeman and Sigourney Weaver would be a strong cast. Yeah, but he's older than her. That nah, doesn't matter. Well, I guess keep not. Your, keep your possibilities open. I was gonna say Michael B. Jordan just no. because he's really hot right no, now. No, 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 no. But I don't really not want to see him in all. that. Not at all. Um, what about Mr. Echo? Uh, he's not big enough. He doesn't fit into my rules. Has to be a big movie actor. Yeah. Has to be a name. You have to. You have to be a name actor. Has to be such a name actor oh, that when oh, that opening oh. screen comes on, boom. Okay. What about the guy whose name I can't pronounce? Who's in Blood Diamond? Oh, who's Diam- always the African guy? Diam and who's Howzu or however you say that name? Yeah, him or the guy from Twelve Years a Slave. Um, I would rather see the guy from 12 Years a Slave. So. There you go. I think that's it. I think that's all we need to say about season two. We're, we're just going to go, we just, <laughs> I mean, we just turned into a guessing game. Yeah. So, Ashley, why don't you tell them where on the social medias, let's get some business time in here. I hope you enjoyed our discussion of True Detective season one. It was a little bit longer of a podcast. Let's get to some business stuff. Business time. Ashley, why don't you tell us where they can download and listen to this podcast? There's two places. There are two places. You can download, subscribe, like, share, rate. Send your friends on the iTunes, mm-hmm. or you can go every to, Tuesday. Every Tuesday, actually Monday night for some of you late out. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> eight o'clock Pacific. Mm-hmm. And you can also find us on Stitcher, which is a great streaming app. We love Stitcher. And please give us a rating and a review on Stitcher. Just like if you ever, if you already done it on iTunes, that's great. But uh, go ahead and do it on Stitcher because we've got a goal. You know, everybody has goals, and our goal is to. Be in the Stitcher Podcast Awards. Oh, yeah. We, we're shooting high for the moon, us geeks. Uh, Ashley, you also uh, tumble some facts for this podcast. Where can they find that? I Tumblr? do. I tumble facts at geekhistorylesson.tumblr.com, and I tumble and blog similar facts and photographs over at our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash geekhistorylesson. And if they want to find your text thoughts, your personal thoughts, where can they find you? There's a lot of business stuff, but please, thank you. We hope you enjoy. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my personal text thoughts are on the Twitter at Ashley V. Robinson, and where can we find your text and sometimes video thoughts? Well, I don't believe in uh, videos <laughs> and things. That's that's how the government gets inside. He's not that kind of crazy. He, in the later years. Now, by this time, I'm usually drunk. <laughs> so you're going to have to go out and give me six tall boys. Wasn't it Lone Star? Yeah, I couldn't remember the brand. <laughs> You can find me on the YouTubes at uh, youtube.com slash Jawin. That's J-A-W-I-I-N. And you can find me on Twitter with the same spelling. That's it. I was really waiting for your YouTube channel to be like bring down the Tuttles. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube.com slash bring down the Tuttles. I don't want to yeah. confuse the people. This is kind of a random and long, weird episode. But there you go. We hope you enjoy it. It's a little bit different because we like this TV show so much. And we want to teach you next week. We'll be back to teaching you lessons. Teaching you lessons about things that you need to know about in pop culture. So, Ashley, why don't you give them all a kiss, an, an internet kiss, and just... Take us on out of here. And I internet love you all. Go out and be free in the world because your class is dismissed. I don't 
believe in class, you see. The universe is made out a lot of dark. A lot of donuts? And a lot of sprinkles on donuts. But I look up at these stars, Marty. Hey, Marty. Marty. Yeah, Rust. I look up at these stars. And it looks like light's winning. Great. Let's go get a donut. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm going to have me a bear claw. When the light.